0: And welcome back to the next episode of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast. Specifically, episode 97 of the Cold Beer and Cool Movie Podcast.
1: We're getting closer to that 100 mark.
0: Even closer. Thank you to Rob, who texted me earlier, congratulating us on almost getting to 100. Almost there. Almost. But uh, anyway, welcome to this episode from our home here in Portland, Oregon, where we talk about uh, new beers Newish movies. Anyway, my name is Dustin. Good movies. Yeah.
1: And I'm Lakeisha.
0: And this week, a little different. We know we ended up taking a week off, but last time that we spoke, we talked about the brand new Fast and Furious spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. And uh, Which
1: was hilarious.
0: And we, we talked about, we weren't unsure about what we wanted to do next, and in conversations it came up that... um. So it's a, it's if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I'm not a huge fan of these movies.
1: Oh, please. Not a huge fan is an understatement.
0: Um, but the truth of the matter is uh, I haven't seen a ton of them. I've seen, now we've seen Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. We went and saw the F8 of the Furious in theaters when it came out. And then I've only ever seen like bits and pieces of, I think, Furious 7 and maybe the one before that. But never anything, like, all the way through. And I certainly, like I told you, I've never actually seen the very first The Fast and The Furious. I know. Ever. Never seen, other than, like, the trailer when it first was released back in the day. I've never actually seen it at all. I know. So, this week...
1: We sat down and watched it, finally.
0: And that's what this episode is. The OG The Fast and The Furious starring... Paul Walker,
1: Vin Diesel,
0: and Jordana Brewster,
1: Michelle Rodriguez,
0: others. (laughs) And it was interesting. It was interesting. I have thoughts.
1: I'm excited to hear them. Thoughts. Because I think it's hilarious that you mercilessly mock this series. I have mercy. This series, and you've never actually seen very many of them, like you've just mm-hmm. seen the later ones, to make all of your very poor judgments
2: on.
0: Well, if, if they weren't poor movies. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I look forward to talking about it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but before that, we each have a brand new Never Tried Before beers. Yes. And um, int- I think those, this description will be interesting as well. At least for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well... And
0: potentially for you. Because you don't seem super enthused.
1: I am not.
0: But you get to start first this week. Okay. So...
1: So my beer has a um, sort of a history. Okay. Because I started out ready to review one beer. Uh
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I can't. (laughs) Uh, I... So several episodes ago, I think it might have been 91 or 92... I broke out um, a non-alcoholic IPA, right?
0: Insanity, but I remember.
1: Yes. Everyone said, why would you do that? And I said, because I'm intrigued by it. Uh I'm intrigued by this idea of craft beers being made, but being non-alcoholic. So I, I, so I ordered one and it was interesting. Like it didn't, I think the, it didn't smell very good, but it tasted fine.
2: Uh huh.
0: I remember. Right. Yep.
1: So then, um, I decided, well, I got to keep going. You know, I can't just make my entire, um, decision making around beer or non-alcoholic beer on this one. Because sure. typically, I've made all my assumptions about non-alcoholic beer, say, based on, you know, Coors non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, or right. um, Heineken, or what's the other really, uh, O'Doul's, right?
0: Oh, there's several. Coarse Cutter.
1: Yeah. So all of those are uh, non-alcoholic beers that I have avoided. So I thought, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so this time I did Well Being Brewing Company Uh I decided to go for a second pass at a different beer um and well brewing is an interesting one it is also it's an entirely non-alcoholic brewing so it's not like they have alcoholic beer and then they were like let's go ahead and see what we can do here um to to make to mix it up no they've started that way they um they have four beers um uh they're based out uh, this one sorry the last one was out of california um well-being is not very clear on where it's from <laughs> mm. which is suspicious right right i feel like that perhaps is part of the. Problem. why are you
0: trying to hide when your beer isn't even doesn't even do anything
1: I don't think they're trying to hide. Um, I think it just more had to do with their I don't know. The like they're kind of all over the place a little bit, but their story when you go to their website doesn't talk about like this is where we are uh-huh. and this is where we're from and this is who we are. Other right. than like
0: every other web every other craft beer website has right. like essentially a, a mission statement that's pretty corny.
1: Right. Um and this mission statement is simply we are taking the alcohol out of beer for you, so. No, thank you. Well, so again, the last one wasn't bad. That's true, right?
0: It was surprisingly not horrible.
1: Um, this one, uh, I cannot say the same. Uh, so this is wasn't the great. Wellbeing Brewing Company Hellraiser Dark Amber.
0: A great name.
1: Great. Right? Doesn't that sound like it sounds you like it should it? be better than it was. Right. So it's even got a super cool label. Um so I bought it. Um and then I should have been clued in that it start that a, a in smaller letters above it it says non-alcoholic malt beverage. Right? Right. And like when you, that's where you're going to go with your beer name, that's probably not a good sign.
2: Okay. So
1: um so I've I've had a few now. Mhm. Um it it tastes like a very watered down.
0: First of all, I respect your admit that you're that you've had a few now uh-huh. that you've gone from one to a few.
1: Well, so I've wavered, right So one I had one and I was like, mm, I don't know. Let's put it in the refrigerator and see what it tastes like after it's been refrigerated. And after the refrigerator it's it's better. But um, I think overall, my thing is, is that it is, it is a, it, it's just a standard, very light, like, lager. Like, I haven't had Michelob in a long time, Ugh. but I feel like this is kind of what it tastes like. Really? I, I think. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's I haven't like, had Michelob in forever. It's anymore. a very light, almost lager type-esque and right. it's better when it's cold. So, okay. um, but it was it was it was not something I felt I could drink for a podcast. No. So instead, <laughs> I dug into our refrigerator uh-huh. and I got um, a beer called Gentle Reminder. Okay. And the Gentle Reminder is a collaboration uh-huh. between Pizza Port Brewing Company mm-hmm. and Modern Times.
0: Interesting. I remember doing pizza port brewing once before.
1: Right. And we've done modern times several times. Oh, for sure. You know, so like, I was like, well, how could we possibly go wrong with this? Uh,
0: I'm going to taste this as you're talking.
1: Yeah. Uh, So it's okay. It's, I mean, it's just underwhelming. Trade you. Oh, that's not a good sign.
2: Um,
1: it's just pretty mild. It is yeah, a gentle beer. It's a sure. gentle IPA. Yeah. Um, and since I tend to like hoppy IPAs, right. and the hoppier the better, mm-hmm. I just am kind of like, yes, this is a very gentle reminder. Right. And that's not what I was looking for. That's okay. not to be what I look for in my beer. So anyway, so Hellraiser beer... Not great. First of all, They're from Montana. If you're making by the way.
0: an NA beer, don't call it Hellraiser.
1: Or if you're gonna call it Hellraiser, it better be a damn good beer.
0: Just don't call it, call it Heckraiser. Call it Heckraiser.
1: <laughs> you are pretty funny. Um, so so far, and I will say, I am not done in my search for tasting non-alcoholic craft beers. So
0: I respect your quest.
1: So so far, Bravis was the one that I had a while ago, yeah, from California. They had an IPA that wasn't bad. Didn't smell great, but it was good. I mean, it was right. it was drinkable, and I would drink that mm-hmm. multiple times. Uh, well-being, dark, amber. Eh, not so much. Yeah. I still have two more on my list of non-alcoholic IPAs that I want to try. Okay. So we'll just wait and see because you kind of have to order those. Right. You don't <laughs> find you, them in stores. You don't just get to walk down to the store and get them. It's, so it's, yeah. it's a little bad. But. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, there we go.
0: Right. For me.
1: Yes, I'm excited to hear what you have. You've been very secretive.
0: Well, I just know I did. I'm, doing, I'm keeping it a secret because I know you will find it entertaining what Ooh, I did. I like it. I did not go for style of beer this time. I went for thematics. Okay. As it pertains to our movie this week. Okay. We're doing The Fast and the Furious.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: You know, a car movie. Racing. Driving.
2: Okay.
0: So from Lewitt Brewing. L-O-O-W-I-T. Yeah, we've had them before We've had them before from Vancouver, Washington. We're also a place we're also going to be here. Pretty, We're going to be around pretty Mm -hmm. soon this week i am having the ice cream lambo (laughs) as in lamborghini has a really sweet i mean the art on the can is cool it's like pink and purple and spacey and it's got a lamborghini on it Mm, with the gold wing doors
1: uh it reminds me sort of of tron
2: Yes, but Tron-esque,
0: with pink. but pink. That's a good way of describing it, for sure. Um, Lewitt Brewing, an independent craft brewery and kitchen located in beautiful downtown Vancouver, Washington. Lewitt, which I didn't realize until I was looking into this, actually um, it refers to, it is something that one of the indigenous um, Native American tribes uh, called the uh, volcano known as Mount St. Helens. Oh, I did not. There's a legend of a a legendary character whose name has been shortened uh, from something longer that I don't want to try to pronounce to just Lewitt. Uh, The Klickitat tribe refers to that mountain as that. According to Wikipedia, that could be wrong Mm -hmm. because it's Wikipedia. But I've I've seen something similar in a couple different places.
2: (laughs) But it's Wikipedia. But
0: it's Wikipedia. Anyway, the ice cream Lambo. Not a lot of information on the website, but on the can, listen to this. A cream ale. Brewed with waffle cones, Madagascar vanilla beans, and strawberries. Cream. its Also, they uh, did this in combination with a brewery called Treat Brewing, which I haven't heard of. Cream colored, Lambo spinning in the street, strawberry ice melting in the heat. Put them together with our friends over at Treat. Now we got a Lambo spinning on the label from Vancouver, baby. Ice cream cone in a can. Treat in Lewitt Brewing. Damn,
1: that's oh, what it says on the okay. can. Okay, so they like poetry. Got yeah. it.
0: Very, very clever. Very nice. The tasting the beer itself. Mm-hmm. I, like I've had cream ales before, and you know, it's, I, it's nothing I care for a ton. They don't taste like much of anything to me. The waffle cone, right? Strawberry. Yes. There's a Lamborghini on the can. Right. And it tastes like any other cream ale I've ever had ever.
1: Aww, that's so sad.
0: Yeah. It's a little, it doesn't even... I figure at least it's going to smell like dessert. Right. No. No? No. smells like a, a beer.
1: Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of cream ales, I have to say.
0: No, I have never been either. But when I saw that, I was like, well, I want to do that just for the theme of the movie. And give something different a try. You don't like it because you just tried it. And I can see the face you're making.
1: None. And- it is not my cup of tea. No, no, well, or my beer.
0: But anyway, uh, but maybe you like a cream ale, and you should could give this a try. It was not expensive at all. Yeah, I um, would. I
1: will say, I have spent a ridiculous amount of money on these non-alcoholic alcoholic beers. beers? Uh, so the things I do for our podcast. That's right. Right, right now I have to figure out how to get rid of and drink the remainder of those well-being IPA or well-being beers. So we'll see. Yeah. I spent money on them.
0: You did. Um, I probably won't have them. Anyway, the Fast and the Furious. Yes. Oh, Fast and the Furious. From the year of our Lord, 2001?
1: Yeah.
0: Am I right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm right. You're right. right. Okay. I'm telling you, you're right. Okay. So, uh, normally, I we start off like I'll ask you, did you like this movie?
1: Right. But you already know how I feel.
0: So I'm going to ask myself, did I like this movie? And I will say this. I found myself actually quite enjoying this movie in spite of a couple of things that I fucking hated.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And I look forward to talking about the, the uh, duality mm-hmm. that lies therein. Okay. Because I am sure that the thing that I hated the most, we are going to be on the same page about. Interesting. No question. Okay. If we are not on the same page about that, then I question reality in general.
1: Huh. Well, now I'm intrigued.
0: Okay. So, if you... have Spoiler alert for a movie that's... 18 years
1: 18 old. 18 years
0: old. If you haven't vote. seen it. <laughs> yeah, it itself can vote, and probably better than some of you out there listening. Anyway um uh you know we're gonna we've each come up with our three favorite things about the fast and the furious we haven't shared them with each other we're gonna do that now going back and forth we won't hold back on any spoilerific details as pertains to what we liked and or didn't like
1: but you go first okay well i'm gonna start out with a simple one okay which is just that this money this movie is fun and simple and ridiculous okay right and if you think that the plots to the Furious movies ha- are ridiculous, you were correct. Yep. But this one is pretty simple. It that- is just about a crew of thieves that are, happen to be uh, like street racers that are heisting trucks on the move. Right. Right? Hmm. Um, I think that is ridiculous and funny. It is basically point break... But instead of uh, extreme surfers robbing banks, right. you have extreme racers robbing trucks. I mean, it's simple, it's fun, and it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it makes me laugh for that reason. And, you know, I definitely, like, I, 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 I can't say, like, oh, I love Vin Diesel. But I, I find his movies pretty entertaining. You know, he's mm-hmm. good at a couple of things, and he does them pretty well. Sure. Um, I also think it's, I hadn't noticed this until we've gone back to watch the original movie. Mm -hmm. So by the time we get to the fate of the furious, right? You've had drug kingpins. You've had DEA agents. You've had super spies all trying to kill Dominic Toretto. Right. And his family. Right. Um,
0: I'm making air quotes.
1: Around family. Yes. Come on. It's a theme in all those movies. His family. So all of these, like, you know, epic super spy level people have tried to kill him, and he has resisted, and he has always come out on top. Right. However, in this first movie,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he is bested by a truck driver. It, you know, kind mm. of the... Penultimate climax of the movie. Right. They're robbing a truck and a single truck driver with his shotgun fends off Dominic Toretto and his team. They do not get their prize. Right. It goes wrong. And Dominic Toretto has to let him go.
0: It's almost as if they are all just regular human beings. And not quasi superheroes.
1: Correct. That's in Hobbs and Shaw where we meet <laughs> Idris Elba. I I mean, we know that. It's taken 10 movies to get there. That's a um lot. 9 movies. It's taken 9 movies to get there. But I just think that that like it's it's silly. I mean, just like Point Break was fun. You know, uh, except Point Break was was like a serious action flick, so you're supposed to take it seriously. Right. Um this one I don't think you really are. I think you kind of have to sit hmm, back, and, and you literally sit back, and you enjoy the ride for what it is. Okay. So, right. that's what I like about it. What are the things?
0: Interesting, because my first thing is similar to what you just said, until it isn't. Okay. So, my I like that this movie is just smaller. Mm-hmm. And this is totally, I under, this is absolutely admitting, this is because... I have only seen the later ones. Mm-hmm. The ones that get so huge and just big and nonsensically big. I've only ever seen the later ones uh, that are out, that are essentially their Save the World action extravaganzas, right? And so it's really crazy because I, I knew that this one was smaller, but never having seen it before, now watching it now, I was like, this is actually. I, this is kind of fun. I actually ah, appreciate the, that. the smaller... Not the smaller stakes of it. Right. That this movie... I mean, in Hobbs and Shaw, the, the spinoff, there is a line from The Rock where he literally says, I've already saved the world three times already. Right?
2: <laughs> in a
0: Fast and Furious spinoff movie. and the first Fast and the Furious movie, what's it about? Some illegal street racers? That yeah. steals some DVD players.
1: Hijacking trucks. That's it. Trucks.
0: Stealing and racing. So I appreciated, because I feel like there's this, like, uh, almost action movies. I think, especially because I think people may be trying to keep pace with Marvel. Right. They have Or to match up. with Marvel. That everything has to be, every, like, kind of thing that you have to go up against is has to be an end of the world level threat. Right. And they don't do it very well i don't put a lot of thought into it there's just a MacGuffin. this MacGuffin. this thing oh yeah if a bad guy gets it into the world right great <laughs> you know but it's why i appreciated that this was just like a very street level Down local local to los angeles or wherever in southern california they're doing they that this took place i forget if they even said just the smaller scale of it gave it a A charm Mm -hmm. that I I felt that the later movies that I have seen missed. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. That it was just this smaller thing. And I can, even though... And I just, you know, despite the flaws, the problems that I have with it, I get where the seed of the fandom started. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So the smaller stakes, the smaller scale, more intimate
1: Right. That's what the
0: word I'm looking for. Can't
1: even really go with realistic stakes; just more, more realistic more stakes. Realistic first, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm, my first favorite thing is.
1: Okay. Um, so my second thing that I, just kind of makes me laugh about this movie is Paul Walker. Uh huh. Um, so Paul Walker is good at one thing.
2: Looking he pretty. He is
1: good at playing the awkward surfer boy, clueless, overly naive ducks like a surfer Uh character okay like he is perfect in that role and that's what he does okay (laughs) he's just walking rolling around in this like underworld of street racing in jeans and a t-shirt and he kind of walks around with his shoulders up with that like surfer dude attitude like hey man like, I got my pink very, to my car. It's a very and bro all I want is your respect, man. Yeah. Right? Like, and at one point in time, he even does the, like, full hand, like, gesture, you know, where he, like, brings it up to his chest and then puts it out hey, Like, I'm doing it right now. It's, you can't see this, obviously. But he's like, I just want your respect, man. I almost had you. Right? And it's just like, oh, come on. Um. So, but again, everybody else is wearing, like crazy souped up like I'm a badass character outfit and it's like the early 2000s which I remember dearly so you have
2: uh dearly
1: crazy like outfits with you know massive uh heels like all the shoes are platform shoes but they're like platform um oh my gosh what are the Doc Martens and things like that. Okay. Right. So they're just ridiculous. Um, and then here comes Brian Spillner, okay, aka Brian O'Connor, because he's undercover. Right. In his regular jeans I and t-shirt. I
0: was just gonna call him Paul Walker. I didn't yeah. remember his character's name.
1: Um. So here's the thing. He. So first of all, I can. Every time I see him in this movie specifically, uh huh. All I can see is. Um. So he played a character in this movie called She's All That. <laughs> right? Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I know of that movie. I don't think right? I've ever actually seen she's it.
1: She's All That was like... An, it. So like in the late 90s, um, Freddie Prince Jr. was really big. And... Um,
0: it was one of those... Like... the There's a girl who's not pretty until they took her hair over the ponytail and then she's the hottest girl right? in the school. Right, you take off
1: her glasses and let her hair down and she's gorgeous. Um, but like, do you remember like when they were making, yeah. uh, Chris so Evans made... was in one of those. Oh, I'm sure. I can't remember what, which one it was. Um, but like he, there was, um, I'm trying to remember there was, Oh, which was like Othello.
0: Yeah. Right. Modern and then there Othello. was
1: 10 things I hate about you, which was which is...
0: taming of the screw.
1: Right. Which I love that movie. I, mm-hmm. told... that movie just makes me laugh every single time. Um, good was... actors in that Yeah. <laughs> there was, there was, she's all that. Um, so there was like this whole series in the late '90s, um, early 2000s where that was happening, um, and he plays this uh ridiculous punk jock, right? And they make bets like it's it's a My Fair Lady thing,
2: oh, um, God. right?
1: Where they are like, oh, is and it's Rachel Lake Cook, like who's the,
2: oh, right, um.
1: Like, ooh, I bet you can't take the ugliest girl in school and make her prom queen. I know what we were talking about. Right? No. Anyway. Yeah. So that, that was like a really weird sidetrack. But the reality is, is that in that movie, he ends up taking her to the prom um, and trying to play the nice guy. But then he tries to make the moves on her and she uh, blasts an air horn in his ear. So for the last like portion of the movie as they're wrapping it all up, he can't hear a thing at like graduation or anything. Okay. And, but he is a total surfer dude in that. Uh, and so all of that to say. I can see that. I can't see Paul Walker in Fast and the Furious as uh-huh. he's walking around with his little like surfer walk, right? As anything other than that character with an air horn blown in his ear. Okay. Um, he also deeply reminds me of a young Keanu Reeves.
0: I can get the I get the parallel.
1: Like if you yeah. watch Paul Walker in Fast and the Furious, and mm-hmm. you watch Keanu Reeves in, in Point Break, or in Point Break and in Parenthood, which is one of my, oh, which is a okay. great 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 movie. Yeah, yeah they walk and talk very similarly. Mm-hmm. And I just, so I, it, it made me wonder like Keanu Reeves, I believe we've talked about this. Um, it has gotten better as an actor as he's gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wonder if Paul, uh, Paul Walker would have been a better and more diverse actor mm-hmm. as he got older. Like it's sad that he died. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so, but it just makes me wonder like, would he have ma- into a better actor. Other than kind of his one I'm, I'm sure. thing.
0: I think, I mean, at the very least, I think... As I, so I think, well, I think Keanu has gotten better. He's also recognized what he's good at. Well... And has tried... And has limited the things that he's not good at.
1: Well, we... I mean, sort of. He... I mean, part of it, it's sad because... I mean, he died at, at 40. Right. Um, and he'd pretty much been doing mostly... Fast and Furious and movies. But right? there was
0: like he was like the star in some movie that I never saw. And, but it was an action movie. <laughs>
1: there are several movies that he was in action But I, I remember
0: I remember there's a trailer uh-huh. that I remember him in around the time like after The Fast and Furious kinda got big. Right. He, they, they gave him a shot of being a leading guy in something.
1: Yeah, there are a couple action movies that he did um okay in yeah. um so but anyway, the whole thing is I just wonder Would he have been... Yeah. What could we have seen from him? Or would he have just honed in on Fast and the Furious movies forever?
0: Yeah, but you can see him... Because, like, he's younger than Keanu. I could... I could... You know, I'd like to think of a time, and if he were still around, say, 10 years from now, where he is... Like Keanu, kind of an older statesman action mm-hmm. guy. Right. Where, you're like, all of a sudden he does a movie that where you're, like, like John Wick. You're like, oh, wow. I didn't know that he had that in him. Right. But, yeah. Okay. For my second favorite thing. So, you've already mentioned this, this part of the movie before. But the final big action set piece where a Dominic Toretto and his people, his crew, go to hijack and steal one mm-hmm. more truck
1: one more job full
0: of dvd players um and they've seeded throughout the movie uh, sort of not well in my opinion (laughs) that hey these truck drivers they're, they're gonna start taking matters into their own hands i think they say it twice
1: yeah i was like they don't even see that they that is a line in the movie that is said multiple times
0: yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's like throwaway lines that a couple people say. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think I'm bothered by that a little bit more because my dad drove truck forever. It's something he did for a long time. I know guys who drove trucks. The idea that there was apparently some sort of waiting period where the truck drivers weren't taking things into their own hands is fucking nonsense. Gunfire would have happened way before now. Okay. Just saying. But okay.
1: Maybe not the Southern California but, but truck still,
2: drivers.
0: The guy driving that truck wasn't from California. <laughs> but this last action set piece, thrilling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a great stunt. A great practical stunt where they literally hang a guy off a moving truck for a long time. Right. And there's not a, there's. I mean, because clearly the budget of this movie is not what the later movies are. And it is not a, I don't think there's a second of CGI anywhere. It is for real, actual cars, actual people hanging off of things. Mm-hmm. And it is filmed great. It is It is edge of your seat stunt work. It is. It involves a character that I was hoping was going to get killed at some point. <laughs> and he's the one hanging off the truck about to die. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't want it to go down like this. <laughs> You know? You wanted
1: um, a, a gun shootout. A, yeah, I wanted... Okay,
0: correct. Yeah, I mean, but it's all practical. It's good stunt work. It's very well... It's it's a little weird because you... they Like the other heists of the trucks are all filmed at night. Mm-hmm. Right? And well, so, this one they did during the day. And this one they did in the day. And it's cl- I think it's clear that they did it in the day so that you could see the right. stunt work. Oh, of course. You know, Which is fine. I'm fine with that. I don't care about the continuity, continuity, whatever. It's fine, uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, but I think it's another thing, where they did this smaller, more intimate movie. You know, they mm-hmm. didn't have money for CGI, so they just did this, and they did. They had an idea for this stunt, and they did it to the best that they could with the people that they had. The guy who played um, uh, Vince, uh, Dom's buddy Vince, who mm-hmm. is uh, a fan of Hot Topic, it seems, from the shit he was wearing. And he's a guy that you...
1: It was 2001.
0: Oh, mesh tank tops. I don't give a damn what year it is. No. No. Hard no, my guy. Um, But anyway, he... But first of all, it also, I feel, lays a little bit of a seed to the ridiculousness of the action stuff in the later movies. Because this is... Their plan for heisting these semi-trucks involves these souped-up like, I don't know, maybe they're Honda cars. They are or are Honda Civics. Honda Civics. Nitrous oxide and harpoon guns. <laughs> I mean, it's a little absurd that that's what their heist plan it involves. Shooting a harpoon gun and someone using the harpoon gun to get up into the cab and cables, Knock him out. Knock him like, out, yeah. Uh, it
1: seems uh, unnecessarily complex. but
0: okay. It does. It seem, I think that maybe that these characters haven't had higher education.
2: <laughs>
0: i don't want to i'm not trying to shame anybody i'm not trying to make assumptions but just just putting that out there but anyway but not to make too much fun because that that sequence i feel is great. really great it's really intense mm-hmm. they wreck they wreck a couple cars for real and you know and it look and it was Literally, like I was, I found myself really like leaning towards the screen as it was taking place, and I was actually even this character that I gave no fucks for because he sucks. I actually was worried for his safety because you know I didn't, I didn't ultimately because of the way it was being filmed, I didn't want him to go out that way. Right. I wanted him to be saved and then someone shoot him. <laughs> but anyway, but well, uh, fun
1: fact, Do you know who was the truck driver in that truck?
0: Uh, Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which cracks me up. I don't know why, but it does.
0: Yeah. I don't. Uh, it, the fact that it's Kevin Sorbo and knowing what his politics are, it makes me wish that they had pulled out that heist and ripped him off. Uh, but anyway, but that's, that sequence uh, is solid. Good stunt work. Yeah. I liked it a lot.
1: Excellent. I, I would totally agree. It's excellent stunt work. Okay. So my third favorite thing um, about this movie that I really liked was, uh, I like the scene where you first meet the gang.
2: Okay. Right. Yeah.
1: So Paul Walker, played by you know, or Paul Walker. Paul Walker played by Paul Walker. Brian. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> playing Brian drives over to uh, Dominic Toretto's garage.
0: The Toretto—it's like in Delhi, garage right. in and Delhi, in which is a little Delhi, weird. Which,
1: yeah, totally weird. And he goes in and he orders their tuna sandwich, which is gross because nobody should order a tuna sandwich. From anywhere less than a v- super hyper-clean, totally right. sterile, and ice-cold store. Subway
0: um, or better.
1: Yes. Uh, anyway, and so he does that so he can flirt with Mia.
0: Jordan and Brewster.
1: Right. Um, and you've got Dominic in the back behind some, for whatever reason, a mesh cage um, of some sort with his ripped sleeved t-shirt or not even a t-shirt it's one of those button-up shirts right
0: southern california sun's Um, always out guns always out
1: right Uh, he doesn't have sleeves that can fit his guns that's right um so he's sitting there and then dom's crew rolls up up in their tricked out cars right Mm
2: -hmm. and they all
1: get out in their appropriate 2001 over the top i'm a streetcar racer but hey, this is me not sticking out clothing. <laughs> uh, right? And then Very Vince, conspicuous. Right. Vince immediately picks a fight with Brian. Walks over. What are right. you doing here? You know, like nobody right. comes here for a sandwich because he's jealous, because he likes Mia. And
0: Or he's worried about the safety of the tuna.
1: Or Maybe, but I don't think so. But you are probably right. I, about I think I am right. Yeah. Um Anyway, so he immediately starts playing the "I am the jerk" of the crew, mm-hmm. and um, picks a fight with Brian. And so they just flat out—it's not. It, I mean, I was a little surprised, at, like the first time I saw it, at exactly how it goes from zero to sixty quickly. Like right. there is no, there is one push, and then it is all out. Punching, well, yeah. throwing punches and stuff like that. And so they like, like, start fighting, and then um, Mia has to go and get Dom and be like, Come stop this fight because you're the only one. Uh, and he storms yeah. out there and he separates them and he lays down the law, right? right. Vince is embarrassing him, right. and he looks at Brian and he was like, you're fired from your job because I spend thousands of dollars at that custom parts shop. Right. Uh, you know, like, it's just... It's so funny and sets up the the rest of the movie. I really like it, um, especially since you, you get the impression that clearly uh, Brian has been going to this shop.
2: A lot. A
1: lot. And that's why Vince goes from zero to fully hostile yeah in uh what is it they need a 10 second car it takes him half that 10 second car to uh to get in there and get into an argument with them right and it also seems like it's not the first time that maybe Dominic has had to go out there and break them up um and I just think that it was, it's just kind of a funny scene mm-hmm. and it makes me laugh and I like that I, it just makes me laugh
0: I will say I mean I've already said that the guy who plays Vince, uh, that character sucks. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's. I mean, maybe that's a. Maybe I should make that as a compliment to the actor. As I, I feel that I don't like him because, like, I've met that guy <laughs> in real life. I've met Captain Hot Topic who thinks he's hot shit. And, you know, he has. Like, he's been to the gym just enough to fill out his mesh tank top. And, uh, when whatever, you know. So. But yeah, no, I think that's a good introduction to the the to the to young cast. Right. Yeah. Okay, for my last thing, my third and last favoritest thing, and you might be surprised that I'm going to say this, considering uh, my history with these movies, but I'm going to say that specifically it's going to be a Vin Diesel. I um, am surprised. Or otherwise known as Mark Sinclair, his actual name. Although he's, I'm sure he's legally changed it to Vin Diesel, but that's what his name <laughs> really was when he before he became Vin Diesel. Um, but the thing about the thing about this movie, I think it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Even if you before you look up anyone's IMDb page, I think it's pretty clear that this is early days for most of the their acting careers, mm-hmm. especially the young the youngsters. There's some older people in the cast, but as far as the young cast, you know that is primarily about. It's pretty evident that it's early days acting wise, right? Um, and but I think despite the kind of wooden delivery of some of the dialogue that they all do, it gives this movie a bit of charm because mm-hmm. you're like everybody's kind of on the same level of acting ability, and I was like, oh, everyone's given it; they're they're really giving a good hard go at being movie stars. This is charming, right? Um, but Vin is, and maybe like. Like I'm, I'm making, I'm making a sign with my hands. I'm like, like so, everybody is at this level, but Vin is just a little higher. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying, to, I'm not trying to make this sound like a bad kind of compliment. Right. He, I mean, it's literally like his performance in this movie, um, where like everyone else is kind of one note. Mm-hmm. I feel that he gives a bit of a nuanced performance mm-hmm. of a guy who's from a broken home, uh, you know, who has found this semblance of family right and is holding it together the way that he knows right you know he's not an educated man he just kn- he knows what he knows you know and he's uh you know he's a grease monkey he's a gearhead he's a thief right you know and this is just you know how you, what you the, do the life to he's put together right. you know to get by and provide for what he has and for who he has in his life and he's clearly the most charismatic person on on the screen. Yes, I think maybe originally that this was maybe intended to be a vehicle for Paul Walker, but then but then you can clearly see why he became the face of this franchise eventually. Right. Um, and uh, but like um the best example I thought of, so I can remember seeing the trailer for this movie back when it came out. Um. And there's a line he gives that they just they singled out this line just for the trailer. Where he says, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Said on its own by itself, man, that's some cheesy shit. And like, I was like, right. ugh. But then you watch the movie and you see that line delivered in context with everything else that happens in that scene. And it's not cheesy at all. It's actually pretty revealing and self-aware right. of who this guy is. Correct. And he's being...
2: And vulnerable he,
0: vulnerable to this guy that he really doesn't know that well about you know what his life has been and what his life I and mean, this is who I am. Right. And that's and what sets him apart from the other guys in his crew who are the one note, you know, um
1: car geek car or tech geek.
0: Tech geek, the one new tech geek, the one new asshole, you know, uh-huh. alpha male, whatever, whatever. You know, right. and uh, and yeah, and he gives and if I'm honest. He gives a better actor performing in, performance in this movie than I what I saw in the last Fast and Furious movie.
2: Oh, of course.
0: I mean, he yeah. clearly gives it is trying. He mm-hmm. gives a damn. And I don't know what was going on in the Fate of the Furious, but that was that was absolutely a one note <sighs> whatever the rock sucks, I'm cashing a check. I mean right. I'm making assumptions there. But it's just weird because having seen those movies first and then this one now, mm-hmm. it's clear that I feel that there's a potential in his acting that I see in this that mm-hmm. bumps me out that I'm not seeing now. Right. But yeah, for sure, he's the one. I mean, he's one. Of the, he's one of the highlights of this movies. For so did this you movie for a reason.
1: see him? So he was in Saving Private Ryan. Right. Um, I
0: forget he's in that, but yeah, yeah. he's got a supporting role, and he role gives now. a
1: pretty good performance in that one. I forget, I forget too, because that movie always makes me cry, and then I stop. Uh, so I it's don't, so
0: hard to watch. Yeah,
1: I don't watch it because I know it's coming. Right. Um, but he's he's actually pretty good in that. Right. right? And then he's in the Iron Giant, you know. So you have these moments yeah. where you see his
0: voice isn't in the Iron Giant. Right. Um, he's in Pitch Black. Right. Which, which was I before like. this, and that's a great movie, but it's more of an ensemble. Where mm-hmm. um, this is, he's kind of a co lead. So it's a little right. different. But I mean, maybe he has a little more experience than everybody else. I didn't right. check out everyone else's IMDb.
1: Whatever. He also does Riddick and uh, the Chronicles of da- Riddick.
0: I was complimenting the man. That's not, <laughs> let's, let's Let's go ahead and stop while we're ahead.
1: Okay all right well um i just have to say the thing i have to say about vince right because you're right he's the guy that you're supposed to hate because he's a total jerk but i also have to say that once again when you follow the movie trope
2: mm-hmm. he's
1: right he starts from the beginning i don't trust this dude he's right. a cop something's wrong with him he's off right. don't trust him and everyone's like vince you're just a fool and you're jealous and guess what
0: Everybody was right, actually.
1: Well, <laughs> everyone was right about him being a jerk, but he's the one that's right, right. about Brian being a cop. That's
0: true. that's true.
1: I will say the thing that I like. Here's the only clever thing about okay. Paul Walker as a cop.
0: Oh, uh-huh.
1: well, yeah.
0: Oh, no! I was just gonna say, are like because we've each done our three things. Yeah. Are we getting into honorable mentions? We now? are, but okay. I just
1: have to like throw this out there. Okay. So this movie actually did a smart thing for an undercover guy, All right. right? His 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 official name is Brian O'Connor, mm-hmm. um, and rather than giving him some weird name mm-hmm. like Leo Polinsky or whatever, they just keep his first name Brian, so nobody screws that up, right? And change his last name and give him a like a fake background, and I just think, okay, they got that right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Okay. Now we can get into honorable mentions, because I have several.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, um, so first of all, I am not... This movie, like all these movies, well, at least the, the first few movies are certainly meant to be for car people. People are into cars, gear hits. I'm right? not
1: into, movie, into cars. I mean, I think they're fun to look at, but...
0: Well, but, but specifically, so at least in this movie, there's a lot of car gearhead specific jargon being thrown around. Correct. Right? And it means nothing to me. They could have been making all that shit up. It could have been all fictional nonsense words. But I appreciate that they were trying to get kind of specific and play to a certain like uh demographic of people because mm-hmm. those people exist, you know, gearheads, people who are super into cars even though I'm not one of them. So I appreciate that this small movie was trying to be intimate, in a way, right. with what they were doing.
2: Well, they, they that, had, that had
0: That I feel has been lost in the later mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. In the later movies, there's just always a scene where they're walking into like a big hangar, and there's just a bunch of crazy, weird-looking cars or vehicles. And everybody goes, oh, I get to drive that one. Oh, I get to drive that one. And this is like, they're all driving, like you said, Honda Civics. But there's a VW Jetta in that someone Supra. drove. There's a Supra. Or a souped-up Supra. Like cars that you could actually a, a normal person could purchase
2: mm-hmm. and
0: own and that then are just upgrade and an upgrade, and they have sweet ass paint jobs. I love the way the cars look in this movie mm-hmm. way more than I have in the later movies because they just they're b- super bright and just I don't know and like there's like this artwork with the decals and it's just yeah and plus that it's a brand of car that I recognize is mm-hmm. something to it too.
1: I think um, it's cool that in this movie they, you could you know, like, of course they have the car montage, right? Where they're upgrading their car. But I think, but more so it shows that every car is personalized. Yes. Right? Yeah. So everybody like has their own car. It's got their own decals. It's got their own color scheme.
0: It's an extension of a character.
1: Right? It's, it is their personality being represented. Right. Whereas, and I would, say, I would argue that in Fast and Furious 2 um too fast too furious sorry I gotta it. get that right right oh man that made me have, have to be episode 90, i think we're okay no, i'm sure I think we're done maybe
2: no maybe
1: not. you haven't seen it mm.
2: it's fine anyway, you were saying
1: as i was saying uh that yeah so here the cars are created to be extensions of their characters. Okay. Um, in the later movies, by the time you get to um, Fate of the Furious, Furious Seven, all that stuff, um, the cars are just accessories, right? Like right. they're like it's just we can pick up a car and demolish a car and it's fine, and then we'll get another right. car.
0: Look at this really expensive European thing that you'll have to Google to know what it is that you'll never see on the road ever, but we um, had it in our movie, right? As opposed to yeah, I appreciate the the souped up. Hondas and Toyotas and whatever else was in this movie so
1: alright um so one of my honorable mentions is so I like early Michelle Rodriguez okay so she's just ridiculous in this movie but that's okay because it makes me laugh Mm mhm
2: um
1: but so she did a movie um that is seriously one of my I know what it is favorite movies Mm mhm and it's called Girl Fight. Yep. And that was kind of her breakout role. And it's great. And so I cannot, because I like that movie so much, right. I really want to like Michelle Rodriguez in most of her movies. Sure. I don't, but I want to. <laughs> uh, so I so I like, I, I like parts of her in this movie. Like, she's kind of, she's bitchy. She's in charge. But she also drives, you know. She's part of the the crew. She's part of the, you know. And there's a there's a great scene where um, Mia is telling Brian about how everybody showed up and became kind of part of the family, right? Type of thing. And it was kind of how Letty, you know, Michelle Rodriguez's character always used to hang around.
2: Mm -hmm. And then
1: she turned sixteen, and suddenly Dom was like, "Oh, look at her. She's all grown up," which is kind of gross. Um... Not kinda. It, yeah. I, I'm just casually glossing over how gross it is. Um... But then, what I do like, though, is... Um... So, they go to Race Wars, which is very <laughs> poorly named.
0: Which was almost... Which was the working title of the movie at one point. Which... Race Wars.
1: I feel like... Jesus. I am hoping that somebody kind of raised their hand quietly and was like, That's a bad idea. Right. Um... But while they're out there, you know, she goes out yes, and yes. like of course she faces just the dickishness of guys who are like, "Oh, hey girl, right. why you out there racing?" Right. Rotastic
0: choviness. And then she ass. Right. But
1: then one of the th- my favorite kind of one of my favorite moments there though is that's where they have the big throwdown with kind of the rival gang right the uh with Johnny Tran, right the Asian by Ricky family like, right? right? Yeah. And um, so Dom and Johnny are fighting and Mm -hmm. Johnny's right-hand man, Danny, shows up who's always wearing very weird pants. And he comes running up and uh, Michelle Rodriguez just turns around and hauls off and lays him flat with a full-on roundhouse punch. And I just love that moment. Yeah. So anyway, so I like her. All right. I like... My memory of her
2: mm-hmm. okay.
0: in that movie. So my last honorable mention, and I and I mean this sincerely <laughs> as a compliment to this movie, but also as a bit of an insult to the later movies. Um, so they talk a big game in the later Fast and Furious movies about family, right? This movie legit has a Theme of family. Not necessarily the people you're born to. But specifically it's more about. There are people that, that you have a family that you choose. Mm-hmm. You know because of circumstance or whatever. And what I appreciate. As I like as this movie was ending. Is like that theme was there to be seen. But not with a uh, a fist firmly clenched around a piece of ham. Beating you over the head with Family. <laughs> You know lines specifically about family it was it was more it was it was just that it was just thematic mm-hmm. i mean it was there to be seen or not it was not there was nobody like even in hobson shaw there was one line delivered by the rock where i think we both went oh jesus christ <laughs> where he was talking to someone about family so ham-fistedly it was like Ugh, come on it, but in this movie in this first movie it is there, and it is done a thousand percent better than what I've seen in the later movies. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't know if it was in, I mean, I'd, I'll benefit of the doubt. Sure, absolutely it was unintentional. I'll give them that. Uh, and it was great. I appreciate that. It was there. I got it. And I, And I think only because I saw those later movies first that I'm able to appreciate the starting point of this, and mm-hmm. where they, and how they just you know, it was just there uh, in the character backstory to be seen. Right. Not, and not with somebody just absolutely spilling it out with you, to you, with some sort of nonsense.
1: I'm sorry, I don't dialogue. get it. What were you saying about family and how? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm turning this into a dislike in a minute.
1: <laughs> oh. um, no I, I do agree that here in this movie the concept of family and being important to Dom is organically developed
0: that's a better word Thank versus you. Um, later
1: developed. on where it's like it's hey, force hey, fed down you did we mention family is important
0: a bottle of Corona yeah.
1: or two or yeah. six yeah so alright um, so I just have to say the last thing that is an honorable mention for mm-hmm. me is the end scene where Dom flips his charger so, okay. you know, they're having their quarter mile race, right? Right. Um, and they're speeding along mm-hmm. and a train's coming. And you're like, oh shit, I know what's going to happen here. He's going to get hit by a train. Somebody's going to get hit by a train. Right. Right. But they don't. They both ski- like, fly past it just in time. Because apparently they're at the one train crossing that has zero uh, train barriers. So uh, they just go through. Right, and they they they're still coasting and cruising, and the audience relaxes because you're like, ah, right, there we go, and, and then, then... He runs into a semi, and flips that charter, right, and that is a really cool scene. It's a right? sudden
0: shock of violence that you, yeah,
2: that's or just, done well. uh,
1: yeah, it's it's so sudden it shocks the audience. It's one of the very few truly unpredictable moments in the movie. Yeah, there aren't very many moments that you don't see coming in this movie. But this is one of them. Sure. And then it, it rolls and it flips and it's super cool and then right. it lands. And Brian pulls over and like runs over. And um Toretto says something to the effect of like that's that that's not what I imagined was gonna like that's not what I thought was gonna happen. You right. know? Which is also kind of a great moment there where you're like, there's no cool, like, ah walked away from another one or anything you truly get right. us shocked like that didn't that didn't turn out right. the way I want it
0: it's almost as if he didn't have a contractual obligation to not be injured in his movie
1: that is true so we're still talking early Vin Diesel before he right. has his sister read all his scripts and tell him, tell them how many times he, he he's gets allowed punches. to be punched or whatever right and how many times he wins <laughs> just so you know for fun sometime. Right. I'm going to watch one of his later movies. I'm going to count how many times he gets punched because okay. that's the type of person I am.
0: All right. Well, you have to let me know what you come up with.
1: Well, you're going to watch it with me.
0: I'm not going to keep count.
2: So,
1: uh, right. Oh, and my last, uh, I think I already mentioned this, but yeah. I really liked uh, Rick Yoon, who plays Johnny Tran. Okay. Um, he's also in like Die Another Day as Zhao, the guy with the diamond in his face, face right? Yep. So I like him.
0: Okay. All right. Dislikes then? Yeah OK, I have to go first. because <laughs> I have to say this, and I have to say this.:
1: You've been holding on to this for a while.
0: This is a thing that immediately struck me, and I just God damn it, every woman in this movie is treated like a straight-up sex object, if not, a straight-up sex trophy right. to be won after a contest <laughs> of racing literally the rapper job ja rule is in this movie for a hot minute and there is a race in the beginning of this movie where a girl dressed in like a like the tightest tank top ever comes up and grabs his hand and puts it over one of her boobs and says that he can have this after the race but if he wins he will also and she points across the crowd to her girlfriend you also will get her with me at the same so he is going to get a menage a trois trophy if he wins this race. And you see him talk, during the course of the race as he's driving his car talking to himself about potentially having getting to have sex with two women at the same time. And it's just gross as hell. I mean, and ev- literally every woman is dressed in belly shirts and the tightest shorts or if not the old um britney spears era uh sexy squirrel girl pleated skirt you know outfit every one all of them now if i were 20 and i saw this movie sure i'm sure i would be cool with that but you know i'm i'm into my fourth decade of life and i see that now and just like it's, it was, especially the way it was filmed, it was gross from minute one. And it was throughout. Throughout. Even Michelle mm-hmm. Rodriguez, even Letty was filmed in this way. And it right. was gross and lame throughout. It was, uh. Yeah. It was as if it was filmed by a 20 year old guy with no self-awareness it mm-hmm. was blah, dumb and just i mean i can't is i i can't come up with the right word to describe how just overpoweringly sexist it is
1: right. i so i agree with you i wrote down that jaw rule scene with the girls as part of the things i did not like trophy right and so I... See, this is why we're married. Because I love you. Um, because, yeah. No, that... The job ja Rule scene specifically is the one where it just makes me go, Oh, you, why? Why is that there? Right. Why is that there except to do s- nothing other than objectify right. women, right? Like, I agree that every woman is over-sexualized in this. Like, I mean, there are... They roll into that street racing that night, street racing thing, and all the girls are in like, you yes. know, dressed
0: all of them, all literally as all of them.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think the only thing that I like about Letty is this, even though she is, you know, his girlfriend. Right. There are multiple times where they're like, you know, getting hot and heavy. Um, at least like she has agency over sexuality, like she's. Like, she has no problem, you know, punching guys out. She just beats him at racing. Um, And then there's one scene where, you know, she's like, you look tired. Come give me a massage. You know, like... Yeah, she um, orders
0: him upstairs. Right. Right.
1: And, you know, at least... So she at least has some agency over her own sexuality. Right. But even then, that's... That is... It's still very much like Michelle Rodriguez is there to be his sexy girlfriend. Yes. Who can also drive a car. Yep. Um, So I, I agree that this, it is not, it is not friendly to women. No. So I think they get a little bit better in that respect as you go forward, you know, later on in the movies. There's the, he he, more... He loves Liddy and he respects right. her as a partner and he wants to win her back type of stuff. And then you have um, Gal Gadot in a couple of movies. Right. And she is um, a former Mossad agent, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's kicking ass all the time. Until but they even kill then, her. Yeah, until they kill her off. But even then, she's... Uh, you know, so they... It's like they have this mixed relationship with that. It,
0: like, it's, well, can't get, they don't get it. Yet. I feel that there are... I mean, just even just even if it's just ancillary, there are far more women on screen in this movie than there are in any of the mov- other movies I've seen.
1: Right, but they're all sex objects.
0: But they're all sex objects. Where all the later, there are fewer women in the later movies that aren't treated as badly as sex objects, but they also aren't given right much to do. Anyway, but anyway, that's my first. That was the thing that I when I said that there was something about something things in this movie that I fucking hated. Yeah, that was,
1: that is it. Number
0: that one with a bullet
1: is absolutely true. So, and once again, thank you, my feminist husband. You're welcome. All right. Um, yeah, that was really the big thing I had. Yeah. Like, this is the thing that takes it from a movie that I just enjoy and laugh at. And, yeah. La- you know, have find to be entertaining to eh. Yeah. Now it just feels icky. Was yeah. that part? Was the, was the, or yeah. was the kind of not that part. That those parts.
0: Yeah. The only other thing that really I mean bothered me a little bit and this and this isn't specific to this movie. This happens a lot. Like the old, you know, the cops and the FBI are working together, but they hate each other. Right. You know, that old trope. And also so Paul Walker's character is working undercover and someone's telling him, you're running out of time to make your case. You get 24 more hours or whatever it is. Right. When the truth of the matter is, when it comes to actual undercover police work, it takes time and patience. And there is no way that anybody has ever sold an undercover agent. You only get 24 more hours to do this because that's how someone gets dead. Right. And that's just any, but you know, that's happened in a million you know mm-hmm. movies forever. That's
1: very much the it's undercover just, movie trope, you know. Right.
0: And it's just but it's just really because and I think a part of it is because because it is early in Paul Walker's career and he's talking to older actors who are better than him. Mm-hmm. And he's like delivering his dialogue kind of woodenly while he's talking to guys who, you know, delivering their dialogue a little bit more professionally and it just kind of it's right. like it's yeah. jarring. Yeah. So, but you know, whatever. But that's I that's really oh other than you know, I wish I could say that the dialogue overall has improved from this movie to movie eight or nine, but not really no, not the same level,
1: no, yeah. I agree, so all right, so you didn't hate this movie,
0: no, I didn't hate this movie. there are nice. worse movies for sure.
1: we are gonna progress, we're gonna watch too fast, too furious next,.
0: Uh, Are we?
1: I'm sure we will. Maybe not Mm. for our podcast, but I am sure that we will.
0: Well, that's not what we're going to do next week, though. No, we've already talked about this. Yes, Uh, we have. I am super looking forward to this movie. The trailer looks awesome. Fifty
1: percent of us are really looking forward to this movie,
0: ready or not. uh, A dark comedy thriller. Starring Samara Weaving, um, who, if uh, if you have Netflix and you want to watch something uh, really ridiculously fun and stupid, watch a movie called The Babysitter uh, that she is in, where she is the babysitter who worships Satan.
1: Yeah. And oh, that's why she looks familiar on there. Yeah, okay.
0: That movie is directed by Mick G, which normally should scare you off, but this movie is actually kind of fun um yeah and but this movie it's currently getting a lot of good reviews and so i think that's what we're doing next week but we're also still trying to figure out exactly what we want to do what we want to do for episode 100
1: yes if you With have any suggestions, suggestions please email us a suggestion yes.
0: email the podcast to ddkpodcast@gmail.com. gmail.com let us know if there's something some big special movie you want us to maybe review or you have some sort of category you want us to do we've kind of floated around different like maybe top five lists Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh let us know what you think uh let us know if you saw the fast and the furious let us know what you thought about that the og movie um and uh you know and uh thanks for listening to the podcast you can find us on uh, soundcloud on apple podcasts and now you can find us on spotify We are absolutely on spotify uh, you're welcome, everybody. It was uh, rough negotiations with the Spotify people. And by rough negotiations, I uh, submitted a link to their website and it was pretty much done within 15 minutes. <laughs> so get on me. I'm really
1: glad you're fighting the good fight. I am, out uh,
0: there. I'm working hard to, put, to get this to the people.
1: Nice.
0: But anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. Next week is Ready or Not. And am I missing anything? Am I forgetting anything? I don't think so. I think so? Well, okay then. Until next week.
1: Go see a movie.
0: Thanks for listening.